Uh, help me to hate white people. This is a big thing I've never really talked about before. This came forward. First of all, if you're new to this channel, I want to say welcome. My name is Nick Coons. I run a Christian apologetics channel. This is Next Generation Saints. Here I talk about theological, social, practical, and political issues of the day. What I found online and that caught my attention and was actually talked about by John Cooper. I was at work listening to his podcast, um, uh, Cooper Stuff. And I'm not sponsored by them, but I thought I'd give a shout out really fast to him. That I was listening to his podcast, he was describing this incident at Target. So I thought I'd go ahead and cover this. Tar so I'm looking over at Fo Fox Business when they talked about Target sells a book that includes prayers to hate white people in a religious section. So the author, um, the Target, excuse me, the Target is selling a book that includes a prayer from a black female authored asking God to help her hate white people. A book titled Rhythm of Prayer by Sarah Bessie, and I'm annihilating that, which contains passages from multiple authors in the, on sale for $14.87 at Target's website and listed in the store's religion and belief section in the Christian Life subsection. Now, I cannot confirm with you because I haven't had time to check on this thing. I've had actually family emergency happening this week. Um, so I really haven't had time to go in, go in detail on this. I'm kind of just going with what other people have talked about. Basically, it's asking God to let this black woman hate white people. And so I decided, let me just kind of figure out what was going on here. Quote, at least I want to stop caring about them individually and collectively. I want to stop caring about their misguided racist souls to help, uh, to stop believing that they can be better and that they can stop being racist. Walker Burns writes. She adds that she's not talking about the white anti-racist allies that have taken up the struggle against racism with their own lives, but rather the nice white people, including those who are happy to have her over for dinner, but alert the cops every time an unrecognized person of color passes by their houses as well as those who claim to be progressive but are really wolves in sheep's clothing. Let me stop seeing them as members of the same body, the author writes. Walker Burns adds on God um, asks God to help her love and keep her love and hope steadfast when white people have stamp trampled on it. I read this whole thing. In truth, my family and my personal experiences have given me millions of reasons to hate white people. She said the hate uh, the hatred would be justified. I could even find biblical precedents for it. Now, here's what got me interested. When she turns around and goes, I found biblical precedence, which allows me to hate the other races, right? Other people who don't have the same skin color, right? That's the whole system. That's the whole premise here is I want to hate people who are different than I am. I want to be justified in my hatred towards them. I've been mistreated so badly. I want to just hate these white people. I want to hate them with every fiber of my being. Whoa, 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 okay. First of all, don't pretend like you're writing a devotional here. You're not writing a devotional whatsoever. You're not writing anything that's Christian-based. You're writing satanic work. And before we dive into this, here's the big thing. This woman comes out and says these horrible atrocities towards white men. I'm a white guy. That's not even my identity. My identity is in Jesus Christ. 
But this person comes out and says, do you want to hate them? You could, And you can find biblical reasons for this. Please go ahead. I would love to hear the biblical reasons down below in the comments on YouTube uh, for Next Generation Saints. I'd love to hear them about what gives you the authority to hate somebody because of their skin color. Well, Nick, they've abused me and whatnot. Really? Because right now what I'm seeing here is there's a lot of people who claim that they have been racially abused. See, there are people out in this world who have been abused, who have been hurt for racial reasons. I have. I've been attacked for being for being white. Not even kidding. I've lost jobs because of my color, skin color. Because I was, I was a white male Christian and that was unacceptable. And they fired me. I wish I was making that up. I worked at a place called PSAV. There was a guy over there who was a black guy who told me straight up, I am superior than you are because you're white and I am black. I'm superior than you. You know, you're nothing more than a cockroach. And he said a lot of very colorful language at me, basically indicating how I was a worthless human being and that he was better off than I am, which is exactly what racism is. You're believing that you're superior to somebody else based solely on the color of your skin. The problem is so much right now that I see is Racism is no longer really something that's actually truth. It's not really there anymore. It's been so overused by the political Democrat Party and the political left and Marxist movements of Black Lives Matter and Antifa that it's lost its flavor. It really has. It has no flavor to it. Before you used to call someone a racist, it actually meant something. It was like, wow, this person really hates blacks or they really hate whites or they're whatever it is. Like if you heard the words, the, the phrase or the words white supremacy, a Ku Klux Klan, Jim Crow, uh, racist. These were actually meant something. Nowadays, it's just the boy who cried wolf in my opinion. Because it's so often about, you know, those times we go, we need, to have, we need to fight for George Floyd. But then you look at the evidence and you're like, well, he didn't get murdered. He was having a heart attack or he was on drugs. And all these other issues. When people suffer from racism, there are people who do suffer from them, I should say. Then there are other people who aren't, who are just jumping on the bandwagon of pain and suffering because they can, it's popular, it's trending now. You know, you demand reparations to black people that, oh my gosh, their, their ancestors were slaves. Here's a crazy part. Let me throw something at you here. My ancestors, if you want to jump on that bandwagon, we're on the indentured servants slash slaves list. That's right. You had white indentured servants who outnumbered black people. And my family was on that. Am I going to receive reformations for my, because my family was enslaved? That my ancestors were enslaved or indentured servants? Am I going to receive anything? Oh no, I'm not going to receive anything because I'm a white guy. You know, all my, my, the melatonin in my skin has nothing to do with about justice and everything about racism. Now, jumping into this thing from a biblical point of view. So when someone claims to me and says, oh, look at all this racism and all this stuff. And then they go, I'm going to justify my hatred towards black, towards whites. First of all, let me point this out to you. You have now gone from, I want to find some justification. You are now indistinguishable from the Ku Klux Klan. If you're a person who says that you believe you know, the, follow the Black Lives Matter movement as the media portrays it, or you're Antifa, and you want to say that you hate white people and you blame them for every single thing, you and you and your attitude's totally racist and it all it's pointing towards 
all your attitude is is you look at the person's skin color and then you determine how you're going to act around them or what you're going to say around them or how you're going to be treating them or any of those natures just based upon this skin color this melanin in your skin yeah You've now entered the racism area. You're now indistinguishable between the Ku Klux Klan, the white supremacists, and a neo-Nazi. You're really indistinguishable. This is where it's going to be, oh, Nick, how could you say that? That's so offensive. No, it's not. It's a, re it's a realization of it. You have become, as stars would say, like Anakin is battling Obi-Wan. He goes, you become the very evil in which you sought to destroy. You said that we're here to destroy racists, and you joined them because your attitude. So this lady... Right here, and I have to pull up my phone here because it's on here. This this lady, um, Burns, I believe is her name here. Let me pull it up really fast here. Um, Sarah Bessie. Bessie. I hope it's right. That's how you pronounce it. She's turning around and saying that she just wants to hate white people. Okay, uh, it's Walker Barnes. So... Uh, Bessie, I think, is the book, the the because it's a devotional, has all sorts of different authors in it. So that's the person who just kind of put them together. It, it looks like it's Walker Barnes wrote this. So here's the thing. You want to claim that, oh, the Bible justifies my hatred, justifies me hating my neighbor. First of all, if you're going to call him the entire country racist, let me throw a little something at you that Jesus taught, since you want to go on the biblical grounds here, right? First of all, take a look over at Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5. Why do you why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your neighbor's eye and then pay atten no attention to the plank in your own eye? You how can you say to your brother, let me take out the speck in your eye, when all this all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. If you're going to claim that you want to end racism and hatred in this country, first and foremost, look at yourself, man. You want to point the finger like this? You got three other fingers pointing right back at you, buddy. Take a look at yourself. When you're asking God to justify your hatred, to say, I want to hate white people, and, oh, I feel so, you know, and I feel so racially mistreated. It's like Megan and uh, Prince, I think, Harry or whatever, when they went on Oprah, right? And like, I was so oppressed, and the royal family was so racist, and I was just, I'm like, wait, wait, hold on there, sister. Let me understand this correctly. You're a multi-millionaire living in L.A. in the, in the one of the most expensive parts there with a mansion that you live in. You're from the royal family. Practically everyone knows your name and loves you. And then you're going to Oprah and Oprah says that she's been oppressed. You mean the multi-billionaire? You mean the one who has a magazine, TV station, completely devoted to herself and gives everyone practically a car? Who is the most famous woman I know of in television? You guys are oppressed? <laughs> well, I'm sorry if that if oppression means that you don't have your cat your little latte espresso machine cook you up the right thing. That's bad. You're wearing an expensive dress that pretty much someone in SoCal could afford can't even afford to purchase. I mean, that's like a one year salary for somebody, and you want to sit there and claim how oppressed you are. And then Oprah Winfrey, who's with multi billions, has multiple homes, including one in Hawaii. Let's see how the brush is. Sorry, sorry. This is just this is just me going. Are you serious?
Are you 100% serious? You're oppressed? <laughs> God, I don't think you even know what that word means, oppression. When you want to claim victimhood, I'm looking going, dang, crazy. It's like the co-founder of BLM was just discovered to have bought four houses, right? Four mansions, right? She was discovered, and you can take a look at that online. She bought four mansions, and so and she and she's the Marxist. The co-founder was a is a Marxist. So everyone gave BLM, Black Lives Matter, all this cash and went to the DNC and went to her pocket, and she bought four mansions off of your off of your money for oppression. For you know, you are the victim. Well, good job. You made them live fat off your paycheck. And also, again, so like I said, these people who claim that they're victims, they are claiming to wanting to transform racism. First of all, take a look at your own heart before you start calling people out. And, and when you say from biblical perspective, that's what Jesus teaches. Take a look at yourself first before you start casting the first stone here. Let's see here. <laughs> also, when you say that, oh, well, God allows me to hate, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48. You have, been, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yeah, true. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who, um, who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are you not e are not even the tax collectors doing that? If you are if you are if you and if you greet, excuse me, only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the uh, pagans do that? Be perfect therefore as your heavenly Father is. Love your enemies. If you're claiming these white people who've been so horrible to you, and your biggest answer is, I'm going to hate them, I already showed two passages, and we're like, one that says, first of all, before you start talking about racism and others, take a look at yourself in the mirror really quick, because you're getting, you're right there, you're racist yourself. And second, if you're trying to justify your hatred, God says, don't hate your enemies that you're claiming these people are. That's what you're so that's what you're making into a substandard. You're saying these white people, these evil white people, and you're getting all angry and the veins are popping out of your neck. You're saying, I'm gonna hate them. And God's going, if they're the ones you're if they're your enemies, love them. Well then the question remains, well then how are you supposed to love people who are mean to you? Alright? Well, here's one for you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own loving for us while we are still sinners. Christ died for us. How do we show love? Well, it all goes back to the cross. Jesus was taken before his enemy. Who is this enemy? All of us. We have all fallen short in the glory of God. We are all sinners. We've all rebelled against God. We're all God's enemy. We've all at one time in our lives one shape or another, we've all pretty much said, screw you to God, get out of Dodge, leave me alone, I don't want you in my life. We've all wanted to live our own ways. I'm guilty of that, I did that before. And I thought I was a Christian when it was happening until I got really reset it back into the Christian faith. I had the same problem happening. So when we are asking what is love, because ultimately what I find that these people are not Christians. Don't believe an instant. If you're the person out there with the racist ideology and saying white people are to blame here and I'm a progressive Christian, 
just cut the word Christian out of there and just leave yourself as a progressive. Because you are progressive. Yes, I call you mostly regressive because whatnot. Because you are a racist person, ultimately. But you're not a progressive. You're not a Christian. Not at all. Because the Christian faith is not about hating someone because of the color of skin. It's about loving your enemies and praying for those who persecute you and being willing to sacrifice yourself for your enemy. If your enemy is hungry, give them food. If they are thirsty, give them water. If they have no shelter, give them some shelter. Because this will put more like fiery coals upon their head. So when they say, God, please let me hate these white people. Please let me just harden my heart towards them. You don't need God to do that. You can do that by yourself. If God is telling you, hey, I'm nugging on your I'm tugging on your heart to tell you to stop doing what you're doing, maybe you shouldn't be asking God. In fact, I really should say this. You should never ask God whatsoever to say, I want to hate these people. Let me hate them. If you want to hate somebody, stop acting like a Christian. You can dislike people. I, I dislike different people. That's truth. I don't like being around certain people. Certain people just drive me up a wall or get me very angry. It happens. But I try not, I don't want to hate them. And here's the last one, little part I want to bring up here. Jesus did teach this. If, uh, and I'm probably going to pull up my phone here and go and find the verse while I'm telling you this. But do you know that God said hating your neighbor is murder? Yeah. John, so it says right here. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Sorry, verse 15. Anyone who hates their brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him or her. So if you're going to sit there and hate, 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 you murdered. You're murdering your neighbors. You're murdering your fellow countrymen. You're murdering just everyone. Who is different than you. There is no love within you. There is no hope inside of you. There is no Jesus Christ. The salvation of the Holy Spirit does not reside in you. Plain and simple. So these social issues that are taking place right now. Are really about people trying to. I should say. It seems more or less people are trying to become anti-racist. Right? It's not just enough just not to be racist. It's, I have to be fighting against the racist. But again, the problem is you have become the very enemy that you are seeking to destroy. You are the very person that you hate the most. You are them. There's no other way around that. You are your own enemy. So you can turn around and go, I, I, I want to hate them. I want to end this. I want to not be racist. Well, the only way you can truly end racism, I've said it once and I'll say it again is by loving someone, by the power of Jesus Christ, to transform the heart. It's like a shooter. The gun is not the enemy whatsoever. The gun is just an inanimate object, just like an automobile or whatever. It's the human heart. If you want to transform this, you have to go to the human heart. But before you can transform the world to stop being racist as you see it, you first have to deal with the racism in your own heart, the racism and hatred and bigotry in your own heart. And the only way you can do that is through Jesus Christ. So I say this, ultimately. If you're listening to this, or you know somebody who's listening to this, and you want to know, how do I get rid of the hatred? How do I, how do I just do these things? 
It seems so complicated. It's not. All you have to do is realize there is hope left in this world, and it's through Jesus Christ. John 3.16 teaches us, For God so loved the world, the world replaced that word with your name, that he gave his only begotten son, begotten his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is it. If you want to end racism, you want to end prejudice, you want to end all these things that you're so fervently and you claim to be so fervent. The people who are the most fervent, most vocal, like these people, are not actual trying to love anyone. They want God to be on their side to hate people, which again makes them indistinguishable from the Ku Klux Klan to neo-Nazis to white supremacists. They're all in the same boat together. They all are. They, The black people just hate the whites, and the Ku Klux Klan hates the blacks. They all hate each other, ultimately. And they're all trying to find justification. The Ku Klux Klan says that God is a white man's land. Let the white man rule. And it's all about, you know, well, white supremacy. Whites are the biggest ones. God inherited the whites here. And blacks are inferior. God has marked them this way. God done that. Right? They're trying to find the same thing. Well, this person does the same thing. So ultimately, again, what you want to do is you want to focus on Jesus Christ. You want to fix your own life and bring in the gospel message of Jesus Christ about love, salvation, through the sacrifice of the Lamb on the cross. Once you're able to do that, excuse me, once you're able to do that, then we'll go from there because the love will be in your heart. So until next time we meet again, may God virtually bless you all, my dearly. Beloved. Oh, yeah, and last but not least, please subscribe to Next Generation Saints onto YouTube. Leave us a great review on Spotify, uh, me on a great review on Spotify, and go ahead and click the like button, and go ahead and click on the alert button. And a little shout out over here, we do have um, Etsy, uh, well, uh, Eternal Gifts on Etsy by Felicia. She's incredible and amazing what she does. She's been helping kind of sponsor this channel as I've been going through it. So, Little shout out to her. Go take a look at that. That is Eternal Gifts on Etsy. So, again, till next time we meet again, may God richly bless you all, my dearly beloved.